Live from WNUR News, I'm Allison Rauch. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. It's Monday, October 8th. Tonight, an update on the COVID test kit robbery on campus. Inside the tragedy at Travis Scott's festival, Astroworld. What's the deal with daylight savings time? And a look at this week's weather. Those stories and more coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in on this Monday evening. First on today's features. The week of October 25th, Northwestern Police identified multiple students as suspects in the robbery of 4,500 COVID at-home test kits from Foster Walker Complex. The crime noticed and updates sent to the community left many questions unanswered. Madison Bradley has the story. At around 5 p.m. Monday, October 25th, Northwestern Police responded to a report of 4,500 stolen at-home COVID test kits from Foster Walker Complex. This is the sound of Foster Walker at 5 p.m. A few people walk through the doors every minute or so. How could someone walk away with 4,500 COVID test kits? Someone said, I went to get my laundry the other day and noticed they left the doors to a couple storage rooms open. The room I walked past had a ton of IMAX. I'm surprised they didn't steal those if they're opportunists. That was Xavier Zamora, a McCormick senior and Foster Walker resident, reading a text from the building's group me. Just like a bunch of stuff for their people to steal. Yeah. And it's just kind of weird that they leave those rooms open because it's really valuable sensitive stuff. I spoke to Zamora and other students in Foster Walker's basement, the scene of the crime. When you enter through Foster Walker's double doors, you see a couch and a few blue armchairs, sometimes with people sitting on them. On your right, there's the entrance to the dining hall. On your left, there are stairs to enter the package center, which serves 18 dorms around campus. Right of the package center is a mail room, where students from three different dorms pick up their letters. There's also the laundry room and piano room. Then, if you go a little further, there's a long hallway. Foster Walker's basement walls are made of white cinder block. The pipes on the ceiling hiss. There are brown doors every couple of dozen feet, labeled in big, black, bold letters. Some doors are stamped as a janitor closet, elevator machine room, electrical machine room, telecommunications room, or as an office. Two doors were labeled as supply closets. Another door had a sign saying only authorized staff were allowed inside. Through the door window, you could see a fridge and some cabinets. Students pass through this hallway every few minutes on their way to an elevator that takes them from the basement to their residential floor. Anyone trying to access the package center does not need wildcard access. That includes outsiders who aren't connected to Northwestern. I didn't really care that much. It, well, you know, I, I just think like nothing's happened so far. Like God forbid someone would try and walk in here and, you know, do something like I don't, I, I don't know, you know. It is a little concerning that just like people can walk in. Henry Michelson, a sophomore in McCormick, lives in Foster Walker. I was kind of concerned a little bit because I was like, how could someone possibly sneak out 4,500 COVID tests out of here without anybody noticing? But like, I didn't, I honestly didn't think that much of it at the time. Northwestern uses Binax Now COVID-19 antigen self-test kits. Each box has two tests. One kit takes about 52 cubic inches in space and easily fits into a drawer. 
but 4,500 COVID test kits amount to 136 cubic feet. According to Environmental Protection Agency guidelines, that's the size of a large car. The University Police Daily Blotter posts additional information about crimes on campus, including the type of incident, when it was reported, and when the crime occurred. The blotter lists two dates, the first date and time being when the crime could have begun, and the last date and time being when it could have ended. For the robbery from Foster Walker, the blotter's first date is September 9th at 1 p.m., and the last date is October 22nd at 10.30 a.m. Someone reported the missing COVID tests on October 25th at 5.11 p.m., three days after the last potential day of the crime, as indicated in the blotter. It's unclear if the crime occurred over a period of time or if the tests were stolen all at once on a day in between September 9th and October 22nd. I was very confused by the whole thing, like why would somebody want that? But, I, you know, some people said like maybe they wanted to sell them or something. I, I don't think that, like it didn't really make sense to me all that much, honestly, at all. A Northwestern official didn't respond to an email asking how much the university spends on each COVID test kit, but CVS sells them at their Sherman Avenue location and online for $23.99. If each of the 4,500 COVID tests holds that value, the university was robbed of $107,995 worth of property before tax. Courtney Ritker, a junior in the School of Education and Social Policy, also lives in Plex. That was my initial reaction, was like, oh, people probably just sold them either to sell them on like eBay or something. eBay takes down listings of at-home COVID test kits, but other sites allow them. In May 2020, police arrested a California woman for allegedly selling fake test kits on Craigslist. Like, of all things to steal, those things that, like, universally, we all agree we really need those. The crime report came in a week where the university required undergraduates with last names R through Z to receive an on-site COVID test at the Jacobs Center. The week before, the university required students with last names J through Q to test. The week before that, it was students with last names A through I. Vice President for Operations Luke Figora said in an email to WNUR that the burglary did not impact testing operations on campus and, quote, anyone looking to test was able to do so, end quote. However, students looking to pick up at-home test kits are currently limited to taking one at a time. Before, students could take three per week, all in one visit. It's unclear why the amount changed. Northwestern Police issued an update the next day, Tuesday, October 26, saying they identified multiple suspects, all of whom are Northwestern students, and recovered, quote, most of the stolen property, end quote. University spokesperson John Yates declined to comment on how many suspects NUPD identified or the quality of their recovered COVID tests. People steal stuff all the time, so I figured if something would be stolen, it'd be like computers or like tech equipment. The COVID test, it's like, that doesn't make sense. Besides possibly having a motive to resell the tests, the burglary fits into a growing trend across middle schools, high schools, and colleges nationwide. It was just last month that a theme went viral on the social media platform TikTok, leading to widespread damage in schools across the country. Known as the Devious Licks Challenge. It's an it alarming trend going viral on TikTok, influencing right students. Right now, some schools are changing how and when students can use the restroom, all because of a TikTok challenge that your kids may have heard about. It's called Devious Licks, and basically it encourages kids to break or steal stuff at school. The trend spread through TikTok. Users post videos to this sound themselves either stealing items, most commonly supplies like soap dispensers or toilet paper, or document the remnants of their school restroom after a so-called devious lick. 
The motive of whoever stole Northwestern's COVID tests remains unclear. That's a really scummy thing to do is to steal COVID tests. So like the punishment should be severe. Like it, it shouldn't be like a little slap on the wrist. Like Yates declined to comment on if or how the university will punish the burglars or burglar if only one of the suspects is found guilty. But Northwestern Student Handbook includes a section on disciplinary sanctions for individuals. Consequences range from university warning, where students are notified about their misconduct, to conduct review, disciplinary probation, suspension, degree revocation, expulsion, fines, loss or restriction of privileges or activities, restrictions on access or contact, or financial restitution, where students provide monetary compensation for taken, misused, damaged, or destroyed property or services. Again, if the tests are evaluated at the CVS price of $23.99, whoever stole the tests took $107,995 worth of property before tax. The robbery made Zamora more aware of his surroundings. It's kind of bad that this happened in the dorm. Like, for all we know, like the person who stole them could have been like one of our roommates or someone we walked by when doing the laundry. Like, so I guess now there is a little bit of feeling of unsafeness in here. From WNUR News, I'm Madison Bratley. After the break, Astroworld, and how students are coping with daylight savings time. WNUR News will return after these messages. Stay tuned. Amnesty International is a worldwide organization dedicated to promoting human rights. Amnesty conducts letter-writing campaigns and tries to raise public awareness about capital punishment, police brutality, and torture in the United States and abroad. For more information about Amnesty International, you can check their national website at www.aiusa.org. This message brought to you by WNUR. Why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Wow. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that pinata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News on 89.3 FM HD1, Evanston, Chicago. 
It is 6.12 p.m. Central. I'm Allison Rauch. Last Friday, November 5th, tragedy struck at Houston's Astroworld Festival. Here's Maria Camagno with the story. Traumatizing. A fight for survival. These are just some of the ways people have described the events that took place on Friday, November 5th at Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival in Houston, Texas. Considered one of the worst concert tragedies in history, the festival ended in disaster with eight dead, 13 sustaining critical injuries, and more than 300 injured. According to Insider, the victims' ages ranged from 27 to as young as 14 years old. Although the details have not yet been released, these victims' deaths are believed to have stemmed from cardiac arrest and have led many to question whether there was adequate security and medical personnel on hand for the event and why it was not shut down sooner. According to BuzzFeed News, approximately 50,000 people rushed the stage, with many jumping over barriers, falling over and tripping under the crowd, and many passing out from being trampled or crushed by others. According to the Houston Fire Department, by 9.38 p.m. they had declared the festival a mass casualty event and alerted promoters of the concert of this. Scott continued performing for 37 more minutes. According to ABC News, the Houston Fire Department transported 25 people to hospitals and CPR was performed on 11 of the victims. After these events, many concert goers took to social media to explain what the scene was like. Instagram user at Sienna Faith described the scene as, quote, watching a Jenga tower topple. Person after person were sucked down. You could not guess from which direction the shove of hundreds of people would come next." End quote. Twitter user at Cynthia underscore Lyra wrote on the platform that she was buried beneath two people. She said, quote, Since I was against the plastic ground, there was no oxygen, and the very little light that was available disappeared because of the bodies on top of me. End quote. Multiple videos have surfaced showing people desperately asking security to stop the show and screaming for help from the crowds. Travis Scott, who was headlining the event, released a statement Saturday saying, quote, I'm absolutely devastated by what took place last night. My prayers go out to the families and all those impacted by what happened at Astroworld Festival, end quote. The artist will be paying for the funeral proceedings of all victims of the festival. This is not the first time this happens at a Travis Scott performance, however. Known for his live shows where he encourages the audience to form mosh pits, crowd surf, and rush the stage, in the past, Scott has even encouraged a fan to jump off a balcony and incited violence against a concert attendee who grabbed his shoes. Videos of these events have resurfaced on Twitter this week. Additionally, in another instance, a man has been left paralyzed after attending one of his concerts and Scott has pled guilty on two occasions of misdemeanor charges. Footage of Scott's arrest after inciting a riot in Arizona back in 2017 even appears in his Netflix documentary, Look Mom, I Can Fly. According to BuzzFeed News, Three lawsuits against Scott, Scoremore, and Live Nation, the concert company that organized the event, have been filed by concert goers who were injured. By November 8th, 16 lawsuits have been filed in Harris County District Court. According to BuzzFeed News, one of the lawsuits claims that Scott, quote, made the conscious decision to let the show go on after being aware of an extreme risk of harm to concert goers that was escalating by the moment, end quote, and is seeking a million dollars in damages. Another lawsuit is not only holding Scott accountable, but also rapper Drake and other artists who performed at Astroworld. The lawsuit claims that, quote, they either were aware or should have been aware of the reaction the crowd would have and did have, end quote. For now, Scott has canceled some of his future performances as an investigation looking into the details of the event begins.
For WNUR News, this was Maria Camaño. The clocks turned back yesterday as daylight savings time came to a close. And while students enjoyed their extra hour of sleep, they're now searching for ways to cope with the lack of sunlight. Here's Madison Smith with more. Daylight savings time entered its fall back era this Sunday, kicking all of us back an hour. And while we did get an extra 60 minutes of sleep this weekend, not everyone is convinced that the time change is for the best. The main concern? Tonight, the sun set at 4.36 p.m. We're only going to see the sun for like, what, five minutes a day now? I got out of class at 4.30 and it was already dark. Daylight savings began as a means to conserve energy. The idea was that during the spring and summer months when the days were longer, we would make better use of the sunlight and work our clocks around the hours when people are most active. For most Americans, that means between the hours of 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. So, every year from the second Sunday in March to the first Sunday in November, our clocks are moved ahead by one hour to catch those extra rays of sunlight. But when most people complain about the time change, they're not actually talking about the 238 days a year we're in daylight savings time. They're talking about the other 35% of the year, when the sun starts going down before we've even sat down for dinner. And for many college students, this means getting out of class and walking home in darkness. Middle junior Alex Chun knows the feeling. Because I was walking to um, a library with my friend to study, and I was like, oh my God, like, the sun is already going down. And keep in mind, I had gotten out of bed maybe an hour before that. Seasonal affective disorder, fittingly known as SAD, is common for NU students. SAD is a seasonal form of depression that occurs when someone reduces the amount of sunlight they are exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis. And with the clocks cutting away an hour of sunlight during the winter months, SAD is starting to hit for many students. White light therapy is supposed to help you because it's supposed to mimic kind of how your body reacts to light that it should be getting from the sun in terms of like, I think, like which hormones are released in your body. That's right. White light therapy. Northwestern Fitness and Recreation is trying to help students through their SAD, using artificial light to mimic the sun's rays. They offer free white light therapy for students at the Henry Crown Sports Pavilion. Alex is a big fan and says that the therapy helped him through freshman winter. When I was a freshman and when I was on campus, I found myself very sad, um, as, as, as typically happens with freshmen on campus, especially in the winter. And I had seen an advertisement for white light therapy that was happening in SPAC. And I thought, why not try it out? And so I kind of got into this habit where literally every day I would wake up very early, very, very early before the sun rose because it's winter and go do sunrise yoga. I think it was at 7 a.m. or something. And then that would help me just like start my day in a great like, like mind headspace. And then I would go into SPAC's white light therapy room. It's in the fitness and wellness center, I believe. And 
Yeah, you just sit on a beanbag chair. There's a white light. You drink some tea. You read a book, and then you start your day. Alex also let us in on a rumor that maybe the university is using white light therapy more than we know. A fun little rumor that I actually heard from my freshman year boyfriend, who I am no longer dating, is that the fairy lights that they put around the trees around campus are actually white light to help students with seasonal depression. I don't know if it's true, but it's a rumor. But early nights won't last forever. Daylight savings will spring forward on Sunday, March 13th, 2022. So mark your calendars. The sun's not gone for good. For WNUR News, Madison Smith. After the break, a weather forecast for the next few days and a news briefing to start your week. WNUR News will return after these messages. Stay tuned. your kids safe on the way to school is a bus driver's responsibility. When that driver is behind the wheel, they should be focused. And when you're driving, you should be focused too. Texting while driving on Illinois roads is illegal and deadly. Drive now, text later. You can't do both. This message brought to you by the Illinois Tollway State Police, Department of Transportation, Secretary of State and AAA. What's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. That'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting, as in Smokey Bear. We were about to head home after a bonfire, and Smokey said the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? No kidding. I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. Kidding. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. My webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at that'snotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to WNUR News. It's 6.23 p.m. Central. I'm Allison Rauch. Here's the weather. Tonight, expect mostly cloudy skies with a low of 52 for this unusually warm November Monday. Temperatures will drop later this week with highs ranging in the 50s through Thursday, Tuesday and Wednesday, as well as slight showers. Entering into Friday, there's chances for rain and snow with lows around the 30s and 40s. And now some general news updates. Student activists staged a protest on Ryan Field last Saturday during Northwestern's game against Iowa. Protesters were members of several groups, including NU Community Not Cops, Students for Justice in Palestine, NU Dissenters, Fossil Free NU, and Students Organizing for Labor Rights. 
The banners read, quote, Board of Trustees meet with us now, end quote, quote, abolish NUPD, invest in black lives, end quote, and quote, stop funding the war on Palestine, end quote, among other messages. Many in the crowd booed the interruption, and several Iowa fans became violent as the protesters were threatened with arrest and escorted off the field. However, university spokesperson John Yates says as of yet, no arrests have been made. It has been 523 days since black student activists demanded in a petition that Northwestern divest from police. On Friday morning, The Rock displayed a message painted by the Northwestern University Native American and Indigenous Student Alliance, or NASA. They painted it calling for accountability of the occupation of land originally held by Native Americans and to celebrate Native American Heritage Month. Sometime Sunday morning, NASA's wording was doctored by an unknown person or people, changing it to say, quote, you are on China land, end quote, as well as adding other derogatory messages. History Department Chair Jasmine LeRae Bomber sent an email this morning denouncing the perpetrator's actions, stating, quote, We, of course, condemn this hateful act in the strongest possible terms and have been in touch with Weinberg Dean Adrian Randolph and other university authorities, end quote. First Lady Jill Biden and Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy visited the Franklin Sherman Elementary School in McLean, Virginia today to launch a national campaign to promote child vaccinations. The visit comes just days after federal regulators approved vaccinations for children aged 5 to 11. And the United States reopened to international travel for fully vaccinated individuals today. American citizens had always been allowed to enter the U.S., but the ban had restricted tourists and thwarted many business travelers. The lessened restrictions have allowed for reunions of many families and friends, as well as provided a boost to the travel economy. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on Twitter at WNUR News. You can listen to these and other stories of the day on our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Check us out, too, on our brand new website, WNUR.news. On behalf of our producer, Zach McCrary, reporters Madison Bratley, Maria Camano, and Madison Smith, and all of us here at WNUR News, I'm Allison Rapp. Thank you so much for joining us. Catch us next time on Wednesday, November 10th at 6 p.m. Good night.